as we're in this pursuit of financial freedom, we're not in pursuit of elimination of all constraints. It's choosing the constraints that will lead to us being able to pursue excellence. And because we have control of our finances, we can now choose what those constraints are and put ourselves in a position to grow rather than than be pushed around by anybody else to do that. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, welcome. Rise up, live free podcast listeners. Welcome back. Uh, Brad here with Jimmy. We've got a fun conversation here because Jimmy, if you don't know much about Jimmy, this is the surprising thing about Jimmy. We call him the meathead. We call him the dumb guy. We call him the Hulk. But Jimmy's intelligence is a very different kind of intelligence. Jimmy, what did what did you study at West Point? Philosophy. Philosophy. Jimmy has a philosophy degree, you guys. So Jimmy's, it's always fun to, to be able to dive into this. And Jimmy, like when he messages me the things he's reading, I'm like, what are you even talking about? How can you enjoy that? Jimmy likes reading deep philosophy the way I enjoy reading deep economics and and the tax code and and whatnot there. So today's episode is going to be, Jimmy has been going down some rabbit holes that he's now resurfaced from, and he wants to share with us some of the threads that he's pulling out. So we use today's podcast. We're not overly prepared with it, but it is really just, we want to work with you guys in front of you guys to connect some dots into some, some areas of thought Jimmy's been going down into and the connections back to the core message here at Castle Tactics, which it's not vaults, it's not real estate, it's not cash flow. It's what all of that is intended to bring us, which is freedom, right? So we're going to make some connections. We're going to pull apart this idea of freedom so that we have a better understanding of the target that we're actually shooting for. So Jimmy, with that, you had a great story to open this up. Let's start there and then start pulling on threads together. Yeah. So this probably happened like right after I quit my job a few years ago. And my brother and my brother's an army surgeon. So he's in town uh, not that often. So when it's a, a special event for when he's on leave and in town. And so this one trip, he's in town. His family's in town. They had just had a new baby and we all wanted to get together. But I was late, just like how I used to be late to everything at Stryker. Right. Uh huh. And then, you know, my brother also is, he's very intelligent and very surgically intelligent. So us arguing slash debating, I always enjoy because he's, and then he's very cutting. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met. And so when he wants to use his powers of sarcasm for not necessarily good, it can be a very amusing, but if you're the target, a very not uh, fun experience. So I finally get late and, you know, this is also at a time we were starting cash flow tactics and whatnot. And he's just like, hey, I thought you were financially free. Why are you late to this family event? And very often when we debate, I am not able to articulate while he's wrong on the spot. But I knew he was wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And so I basically, for the last two to three years, been trying to figure out why he's wrong. And well, I figured and, it out. Yes. And that's what we're going to talk about. And to add on to that, right? I get asked the same question. We get asked the same question even inside the group. Well, if you guys are financially free, why are you running cash flow tactics, right? Why are you building a business? Why, well, you know, why don't we just do all this for free? Because you're financially free. Why do you need to make money on it? Even so, like, I have to have conversations with my wife at times still about, like, hey, we're making, Yes, we're we're financially free, but we're still making some of these trade-off choices where it seems like a conflict of what we thought we wanted, but there's still work to be done. There's still baseball games that get missed. There's still some of that stuff that's happening that we thought we were trying to engineer a life that we never had to make those sacrifices or work within those constraints, right? So I think today is that, yeah, that's the goal is to really identify that as we achieve economic independence, right, financial elements of freedom. What does life really actually look like? And what should we be expecting as we jump into that? So Jimmy, give us an overview. What have you been reading? What have you been, what threads you've been pulling? What dots have you been trying to connect? And then let's go into it. So I've been trying to figure out the catching the edge. We might need to talk about what catching an edge means. The balance between discipline and freedom. I've been reading and listening to a bunch of Jocko Willick stuff. As always, I'm always listening to Jordan Peterson stuff. And Jordan Peterson is always the balance between chaos and order, between responsibility and creativity, between hierarchies or conservatism uh, and creativity. And then from listening to Jordan Peterson, he turned me on to uh, Bishop Robert Barron's podcast. And so Bishop Barron is the Catholic Bishop of Los Angeles. And so... Bishop Barron's podcast fascinates me because part of the reason I got a philosophy degree is because I went to a Jesuit high school. And so the Jesuit, if you're not Catholic, you don't know this, but the Jesuits are like the philosophers, the intellectuals of the Catholic church. And so for whatever reason, just like accounting always appealed to you, Brad, like theology and philosophy classes, I always ate it up, always enjoyed it. And so Bishop Barron's a doctorate of philosophy and a doctor of theology. So and it's like very old school, 2000 year old philosophical doctrines going back to Aristotle, Plato, stuff that I just eat up and love. Right. Love it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like Susie, I'll try to have con- I wanted very occasionally, like I'll be fired up about an idea quite often, in fact. And like, like Susie's brain doesn't work like doesn't is not fascinated by it. She just she's able to look at something and say, that's right. And just move on. Right. Yeah. Where I have to be like, well, why is that right? And let's get into it. Yeah, let's get it all apart. Yeah. So I'll dig into it. And before I podcast about it, talk to her about it. And she'll listen, but she's just not excited. (laughs) (laughs) She knows if she feels like aggravating me, she'll act even more and more unexcited just because she knows it frustrates me. And and I think this is why you and I became economic BFFs back in the day, because we, we both like to pull it apart. And I like to go on the other side, like, when I'm proposed with an idea, my first thought is like, well, why would that be wrong? Like when, wh- why was that? Like I, I immediately, whether I believe it or not, I, tr- I take the other side from the person talking to me just because I like arguing. I like, and I like defending, you know, or making people defend their stuff. So um, that's what we're going to do a little bit here today. So which of these do we want to dive into first, Jimmy? Do we want to go into Jocko Willink stuff? Do we want to go into the Catholic Bishop stuff? What's his name? Or do we want to go into Jordan Peterson? Or do you want to just start connecting the dots for us? Let's hit. So here's the theme of the episode. I think we should title it this, but it's like freedom doesn't mean freedom from constraint. It means 
freedom to pursue excellence. Mm. That that's straight up Catholic doctrine. It's like you don't follow the Ten Commandments because you know naturally you want to go kill and covet and steal from all those people, right? You know, there's a philosophy that says, hey, human beings, you know, it's discipline while they don't steal and covet and murder, right? And it's that constraint that ultimately leads to freedom. It's the kite string idea, right? There was a poem written, like, from the point of view of a kite, like, if you would just cut me free, I could soar with the eagles and above the clouds and all this kind of stuff. I don't know the poem exactly. But then what happens when you cut the string of a kite? It actually falls to the ground, right? When yeah. That thing, that string that is tugging on us all the time that feels like it's holding us back is what's actually allowing us to be in flight in the first place. So before we go into the what freedom really means, let's let's set up the problem of expectations of people when they get into the game. What is it yeah. that people expect when we say freedom, right? What do people maybe envision their life to be? And it is it's this idea that. Well, once I'm financially free, I don't have any constraints. I can show up to family things on time. I can be at Billy's baseball game every single time. I can sleep in as long as I want. I can do whatever it is. Like, let's talk about that for a second so we understand yeah. what we're positioning against. And so people in our game who struggle the most is like, they'll be like, this is harder than just check clocking in at 8 p.m. and clock, or 8 a.m. and clocking out if, if working eight-hour days. This is so much harder, so much more intellectually demanding. All these type of things. And then an adverse event happens and they're just like, I'm not living my laptop lifestyle on the beach. I'm not financially free. And I'm like, okay, well, is that story true? Is, is laptop laptop lifestyle? Is that freedom? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm pushing against the idea that freedom is freedom of constraint or constraint of a boss, constraint of a job, constraint, of a timeline, constraint of a, a time you have to go to bed, constraint of time you have to wake up. Like, that's the idea I'm hammering against. And and I would even come out one level from it. People think that it's freedom from all constraint, right? There is now no trade-off in my life because money doesn't make decisions. But the reality is, is there, A, there still is trade-off. You only have 24 hours a day, whether you're financially free or not, right? And then the other part of it is, it's freedom to choose our constraints because if we believe the kite string, right? And we believe this philosophy that we're talking about, it's the constraint that keeps us in the air. So we get to choose the constraint that leads to the growth or the pursuit of excellence that we want. Would that be an accurate way to say that? Yeah. Like you're free now to choose your route to excellence. Yeah. And so, so that, and then I'm gonna. Yeah, that's the that that's awesome because that's the way I look at it. Is my wife keeps asking me like, "What? Why are we launching another thing? Like, why are we doing more? Like, didn't we just do one? And now that one should be giving it." And that's for me. It's no, that I need the constraint of doing something more so that I'm pressured to learn something to become. It's like we're I've been programming software for the last six months, right? And that's been one of the hardest things I've ever done because it's not my natural way that I think, but that has forced me to grow and, and forced me to create in a way that I've never done before. But I could have not chosen that constraint, but then I wouldn't have got the growth that came with it. Exactly. Like you chose to run into that abyss. Yeah. So what what are and, the what do these people say about it that we're that you're talking about? Well, so then let's bring it back into politics. Like the the issue I see going on in our country right now is everyone wants to demand their rights. Mm -hmm. 
everybody wants to talk about their personal liberties, right? And yeah. this is straight from Jordan Peterson. No one wants to talk about the fact that those liberties demand responsibility. Yes. And that frustrates me to no end that people on social media, people saying my little bit of freedom is being constrained and I am outraged by it. This is insane, but no effect to the point of what responsibility do you have as a citizen so that you can live as a free individual? And, and that's the thing they want. They want maximum freedom by limiting everyone else's freedom around them to do like throwing up their safe space. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm okay constraining everybody else so that I have my safe space, but won't, you know, we don't, we don't realize that. Yeah. That trade off or that dichotomy. Like sure. such, th there are some human beings in our current society that feel like changing language and pronouns for their own self-esteem, not even their own liberty, but like right. the narcissism that requires yeah. is insane. Like here's the bottom line. And if you look at the founding fathers, you look at any heroes of liberty, they start with the responsibility first. The responsibility to be a good moral citizen and most honestly, an honest citizen that somebody else can do business with. And, and I want to bring this back around to some of the other stories you were telling me before, but kind of a point I want to make here is as well, like if I truly want my own freedom, it means I have to be willing to defend the freedoms of other people, even if I disagree. Like it's not about freedom isn't about being right all the time, right? It's about having the ability to choose. It's about, it's, it's even hard to, to put a finger on, but like, if I want my religion protected, I need to protect your religion, even if I don't believe it, right? Absolutely. And that ensures that, that mine gets protected in the process. So I'd have to be willing, like if yours are being trampled on, even if I don't believe it, if your beliefs are being trampled on, I have to come and defend yours in order to ensure that mine, although they be different, are still protected, right? Yep. Freedom isn't everybody else accepting my beliefs. It's me actually helping everybody be able to, to, to believe theirs first yes. to then ensure mine are being protected. Yeah. But tell us about, I, I want to pull on this because this I think is what kind of kicked it off to me. Tell uh, the, the, the guys you were studying that lived through the gulags, right? And the concentration okay, yeah. camps. Let's, let's dive into that. I think this is where we really wanted it to go. Yeah, this is where it's going to get a little dark. So this, this is <laughs> as dark as we've ever gone on this podcast. But, but so. But uh, we want to go there on purpose because it, if we can extract the lesson in something like a concentration camp or a gulag, it's going to give us perspective to our own perceived constraints or difficulties, right? It's going to give us some, yep. some balancing to that. So let's, let's go there. So I've been wanting to talk about Alexander Shultzeniskin on this podcast for at least a year right now. So Alexander Shultzeniskin, sorry, uh, my Russian's not we'll very good. We'll put that in the comment or in the show notes somewhere so you know what he's actually saying. So he wrote a book called The Gulag Archipelago and Jordan Peterson talks about it all the time. But so I'm gonna just call him AS. Schultz and Iskin, I had a little bit of affinity to him because he was an artillery officer on the Eastern Front for the Russian army, right? Okay. And like, this is what Stalin used to do to his military. So. He, this guy was a legitimate war hero fighting the Nazis, like in the worst of the worst in, in fighting in Stalingrad, in the worst of the worst on the Eastern Front. And the Eastern Front was atrocious. Yeah. 
So I don't know, just military history fun fact for you, Brad, like the Russians would send their frontline troops out and then they'd have a second line of troops they'd send out. Do you know what the second line of troops did? No. They shot anybody come from the front line retreating. Oh, man. Okay. Like the Russian military, the Eastern Front is like some hairy, hairy situations. So Solzhenitsyn, legitimate war hero, uh, artillery, he had an artillery company commander, writes one negative comment in a letter about Stalin. And so even though if he would be like in our military, a silver star winner, that letter gets read, Solzhenitsyn gets arrested, thrown into a prison camp for 20 years. Oh my gosh, for one comment in a letter. Yeah. Okay. And so I get triggered about myself in the past who's been like, oh, my liberties have been impinged on, complaining. Yeah. So I get a little triggered at myself about that. So <laughs> the other thing Stalin would do that was fun to his military is if you spent any time in a Nazi POW camp, you instantly got released. And guess where you went next? Did you get to go back to Moscow to be a, a war hero? Guess what you got a one-way ticket to? Where? A gulag. Ah. So you would leave the Nazi... POW camp and you would now go to a Soviet one because okay. Stalin's belief was your time in a Nazi prison camp, you got too westernized. You would not be a good communist. Wow. Okay. So if there's anybody who had anything to complain about, it was probably Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Yeah. Justifiably, he could say he was robbed, right? He got a short, he, was, he got dealt a, 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 yeah, the wrong set of cards. And so he was in between a rock and a hard place. He had either Stalin to deal with or Hitler, the two worst actors of the 20th century. He was caught between those two. Yeah, that is the definition of a rock and a hard place. Okay. Yeah. And so he wrote a book, this Gulag Archipelago, and like, it is hard to turn the pages of this book. I'd be like, it can't get any worse. I turn the page, it get worse. And so you get like 400 pages in this 500 page book, which was, you know, Tough, tough to uh, to read. And his conclusion is he gets to, he finally gets released. And his conclusion is not bitterness. He took on responsibility for the fact that he was a communist and that his conclusion is the only and that the, it's inevitable that any communist organization would always end in the gulag. Like people try to make nice communism. He doesn't believe it's possible. But that's a subject for a different podcast. But. His conclusion was he was grateful for his time in the gulag because it gave him time to train his soul. He did not necessarily like who he was before he entered, but he loved himself and was grateful for the time to train his soul inside the prison camp. So while he was deprived of the of what he would have viewed was liberty, right? Because he was every in prison, he was in constraint. Yep. Every conceivable liberty was robbed from him. What freedom did he find? His ability to train his soul, to get better, to make his soul better. Hmm. Not and, only, he and he was grateful for it. Yeah. Because he realized he needed that constraint to be able to do it. Probably wouldn't have done yeah. it otherwise. Yeah. So, you know, capitalists like you and I having the freedom to go do anything, part of me is like, maybe we're, maybe we're missing out. We're never yeah. going to have the time to train our souls, nor are we going to make it a priority. 
And this is the same thing with man's search for meaning, right? Similar idea of, of what somebody came to that said you could take away everything except the freedom of, of, of what's in your head, right? And your ability to respond. Frankel calls yeah. it your responsibility. That's it. Yep. Ability to respond is your responsibility. Yeah. And then one of our cash flow coaches, Eric Cabana, he sends me a book called He Leadeth Me. And this is about a Jesuit priest named Walter Sisnak. He feels a calling from God to preach the gospel to communists. Okay. He feels this calling in 1939. And so he volunteers to go into Russia. He volunteers to go into Russia to preach to the communists right before the war starts, right? Mm -hmm. Like he That's felt a calling from God, volunteered to go in on the hardest mission you could imagine, right? Yeah. War starts. Anybody with anything Western related, especially a Catholic priest, guess where they go? Yeah, a gulag immediately. Straight? Immediate. Yeah. But Father Sisnek had to take a detour before he actually got to the gulag. And he had to spend five years in solitary confinement as a spy. Okay. And so same effect. Everything is stripped from it. And then he finds gratitude in the experiments because he was able to train his soul to follow God's will. Okay, so there's this, there's this balance to freedom, right? Where we're trying to look for it external, right? And that's, yeah. that's what we train. I mean, that's the core four, four pillars. That's cash flow exceeding expenses. Those are the tactics that we're out here talking about. But what is the freedom that we're really working to pursue, right? Right? It's internal freedom. And I want to try to make a connection and tell me, Jimmy, tell me if this is kind of what, what you were pulling out of this, but I look at the constraints that were put on me, you know, in a job and with, you know, not doing things that I, that I felt were my calling every day, right? The, the same stuck story we've talked about being in cash tactics all the time. And I had the vision of, all right, once I'm financially free, then I can just play all day, right? I just do the things right. that are fun all day. But somewhere in that process, I realized and I don't think this was even uh, like a conscious thought, but as we sit here and reflect on it in, inside of the podcast, I look at the growth that I've had since quote unquote, becoming financially free, right? And I look at the, the biggest areas were areas that challenged me, right? Starting this business, being, no offense, Jimmy, being in a partnership with you and Ryan, right? <laughs> That's challenging, right. right? But and hiring employees and growing a team, right? Working uh, with gr a growing number of clients and having to learn to teach and educate in ways that we haven't before. That's led to the growth. Whereas if I had played every day, I think I'd still be the person I was three or four or five years ago, right? Where I look back at myself three or four or five years ago, and, and I'm not even close to the same person. I think I still have the same core values, but I'm not the same person. And so I look at that to be like, man, what, did, what, what would I have become if I didn't continue to find the next constraint that I needed to grow inside of? And your point, Jimmy, that you were making with me and kind of brainstorming this podcast was link that for us, Jimmy, to the title of the episode, which is freedom is our is what? Like, how do we link these so, concepts together that growth yeah, comes from constraint? But yeah. Let me do one more before we link it together. So like I, I, your personal situation, I would argue you not because of your former boss, 
but because of your former position, you are not in a position to pursue excellence. You are not in a position to push Bradley Gibb as far and as hard as you could. So you were stuck. It's not your former employee's fault you're stuck. It's just the situation. And I, I do believe there's some people who make great entrepreneurs. And as long as they're inside a job that challenges them and is allowing them to continue to get better and pursue excellence, because we get a lot of that in the group too. Be like, oh, they, people feel bad if they have a job. And I'm like, well, are you able to pursue excellent in your current job? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, great. You're still on the path towards financial freedom. You're good to go. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. And so the whole point is like, don't look for freedom constraint. Don't look for not having to argue with your business partners, train, coach employees, grow as a person. As your barometer for whether you're on the right path is if you're pursuing excellence, not as if you're getting freed from constraint. Like, and so at, as a business owner, is my tax burden less? Absolutely. Am I less constrained by the IRS now? Absolutely. Since I paid off all my debt, am I less constrained by bad debt? Absolutely. But the freedom I have gained allows me to double down on pursuing excellence, on getting better every day. So I think that's the big takeaway, right? The takeaway is as we're in this pursuit of financial freedom, we're not in pursuit of elimination of all constraints. It's choosing the constraints that will lead to us being able to pursue excellence. And because we have control of our finances, we can now choose what those constraints are and put ourselves in a position to grow rather than, than be pushed around by anybody else to do that, right? So exactly. financial, financial freedom is a challenge to grow in the way that you're able to deem best for you. In a way that allows you to pursue freedom. Like I don't yeah. tend libertarian, so everybody can put illicit substances in their body or have, can do, can be heat in this, right? Yeah. I am, I tend towards libertarian ideas because I think free individuals pursue excellence in a better manner. And I've never been able to articulate before I heard Bishop Barron say that. And so but that's, like, yeah, okay. Like when, when Sleepy Joe tells me that maybe I could have a 4th of July party, part of it is training. Part of it is being an American that, that I just laugh at it. But the underlying principle is no bureaucrat will constrain me from pursuing excellence. No, no, no bureaucrat, no boss, and no, I, no, here's what I think is. Well, probably. and none of my own bad habits, bad ideas, yes. or inconsistencies. And guys, if you want it, like Jimmy, the more, if anybody's had a chance to get to know Jimmy, Jimmy is one of the most disciplined. I think this is probably your, your, your background with the military and the way you were raised and all that. But like, there is nobody more disciplined than Jimmy. in when he says, I'm going to do something, he puts the constraints around him to get that thing done. And his uncle point is so far beyond mine. It's insane. And I think that's, that's what's allowed Jimmy to continue to push. But like I said, the invitation from me would be what I think holds a lot of people back in the conversation of financial freedom is they want freedom from constraint. And that in and of itself holds them back because then they won't go do the uncomfortable things that gets them what they actually want. And so really guys, like we talk about, like we talk about this on a less philosophical level, but this is our deep philosophical level of there is no such thing as like sipping pina coladas on the beach and also being happy all the time. 
Like <laughs> happiness comes from pursuing what makes us great, right? And so that's why when we talk about financial freedom, we dig into people's why, not the outward expression of it, of Jimmy likes to make fun of lamb chop pictures on Lamborghinis, right? It's not that, it's what matters the most to you. And we want to enable people to go pursue that because that's what's going to drive them toward excellence, right? We're not trying to paint the picture of life is easy breezy every day and that's what winning looks like. And the people that get stuck in our game are the ones that we have this internal joke where like, why is this so hard? All I wanted, I just wanted to be rich, right? I just wanted to make a lot of money. That's why I started. This is all I really wanted, right? I said that to Susie yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday. We say it every quarterly planning. Every time something blows up on our face, like I didn't want all these problems. I just wanted to be rich, right? But I think genuinely what holds people back is they look at what's required and they say, well, I wanted a life of ease. And then, then that pushes them away from the constraints that will make them better. And as opposed to embracing that there will always be constraints of one kind or another. And I would much rather choose mine than have them forced upon me. That will keep you in the game and pushing forward. I mean, this is kind of coming back to the hero's journey. Our life is a hero's journey. We have to cycle through the abyss. We don't get to, it's not a matter of if we have an abyss, it's which abyss are we going to choose? And learning to be able to go through that and extract the lessons from it. But if we're just avoiding constraint forever, thinking that that's freedom, that's going to keep you stuck in the game that that we've set up and in the game of life in general. Yeah. Well, and then that's where I think libertarians are hurting people. That's where I think hedonists hurt people. That's where all this type of, it sets unrealistic expectations for what life should be. Like I should be able to eat and drink and do anything with my bodily orifices that I choose to, and everything will be great. And I should have every opportunity given to me, and everybody will have everything equal to them, and it will all be like, that's not what leads to growth. And that's, you're right, like, I think the most unhappy people, and my kids are this way, like, we had to sit them down this very morning of this podcast, and have a conversation of, here's what you expected, and that wasn't ever going to be possible. And now you're upset because of what it was. But if you had understood what the real expectation was, we'd all be fine, right? The most unhappy people are ones that live with an unrealistic ideal that they then don't have, right? And then measure against that ideal. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been, believe it or not, I've had some unrealistic ideas, ideals that I've chased, right? Mm -hmm. But even being on the wrong map and getting better was preferable to staying still. Yes. And it's, you know, we've talked about the gap. Have we talked about the gap on this podcast, measuring against ideals? I don't know if we've done one. Uh, Just dedicated to that, we for sure should. Yeah, that'll be the next one. But like, if we've done, we've done on the podcast, unmet expectations are not a loss. They're an unmet expectation. But especially if you're setting people up that freedom's freedom of constraint, you're setting them up for a lot of pain because they're going to have unrealistic expectations. Yeah. So that's the crescendo, I guess, of the podcast is find it for us inside the game of casual tactics. We're not helping people be free from constraint. We're not helping all their problems go away. Becoming financially free doesn't do that, nor would it ever, nor would we want that for you. But we want to create a game where money is not the constraint. Therefore, there it is. You, you can pursue other things to be the constraint to force you to learn. 
here's the funny thing about cash flow tactics. Like it's complex. Like you bring out the spreadsheets. It's complex enough that we had to build a software, right? Yep. But part of me just wants it to be like Forrest Gump. When Forrest Gump gets his Apple stock and and he's like, well, money's taken care of. That's one less thing to worry about. So it's a dichotomy. It's like part of me wants it to loves it because it's complex and their strategy and there's making moves and it's like chess. But then part of me loves it because it's also like Forrest Gump's like, oh, well, that's one less thing to worry about. Now I can go on to the other. Yep. Right. Well, good. Anything to wrap up, Jimmy? I think we kind of brought it full circle there. Any any final points that we brainstormed on that we didn't hit? I just, and then here's, so here's the backup data that I have in my mind where I know I'm not coming completely from left field. Like, there's at least read 12 rules for life and beyond order. There's there's 600 pages worth of it. Uh, read the dichotomy of or listen to the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willick. The whole that's where the initial thought came in, where there's discipline, there's freedom. And then an off color reference to this is Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. If the next road trip book you're looking for, it's the book is so funny. Okay. But like McConaughey comes from this family of like uh, like Texas libertarians. Like they are they're very disciplined, but they don't want anybody to tell them what to do. And like I don't know if you've met people like that, but I come from a family like that, right? Yeah. Where they were very strict in the house, but as far as to like the the government and everything, not so much obedient, right? Mm-hmm. And like he talks about how gratefully he was to have the that structure. So that once he knew the basic rules of how to be successful, then he could go be creative and start making creative movies and start taking risk. But he phrases it in like a Texas way, but it's something to be like, get your discipline on before you get your freak on, something like that. But like, as I was listening to that book, I'm like, that's awesome. That's cool. I mean, in a Hollywood actor, if anybody had the opportunity to be a complete hedonist, it would be a Hollywood actor. Yeah. Cool. So that's all I got. That, that gives you the, that gives everybody the reading list to go check us and see if we're making this all up or whether we based it in someone else's longstanding ideas, right? I would definitely say Professor Lindy has proven these concepts. They've been around for a while. They're not new, which means they'll probably be around for at least a little while longer. And that that's the invite is to start considering this path that we're helping you go on of financial freedom that it will not be free of constraint, but it will help you choose your constraint so that you can pursue excellence. So hopefully that that gives you guys some context to how we put things together and how we operate and and what will best serve you along your path. So with that, Jimmy, let's wrap. Next time you see a whiny hippie or a whiny millennial (laughs) constraining about how they're constrained, be like, look here, son. The reason you have these political freedoms is for you to pursue excellence. Now, why don't you get out there and go pursue something excellent? Go do it. Off you go. Three, two, one. Okay, with that, we'll leave you guys. We'll close. Join us on the next episode as we continue the conversation of financial freedom in 10 years or less. We appreciate you guys as listeners. Share this episode with your local communist or your local hippie or your local (laughs) millennial who needs to hear this so that they can understand also what financial freedom really means. And we'll join you guys on the next podcast. Thanks, everybody. See ya.
Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free, and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.